Welcome to Philosophy Talk, the program that questions everything. Except your intelligence. I'm Ken Taylor. And I'm John Perry. We're coming to you from the studios of KALW San Francisco. Continuing conversations that begin at Philosopher's Corner on the Stanford campus. I got a problem there, Ken. I looked around Philosopher's Corner for you this morning and you weren't there. And I'm looking around the studio and I can't find you here. Where are you? I'm in Washington, D.C., John, at the seat of power. Wow. Is this part of some Stanford coup to take over the levers of power? Well, not quite, but I am uh, I am uh, talking uh, truth to power tomorrow. I'm going to participate in a symposium called Legislating Values, Setting Priorities for the 109th Congress. I'm, I'm going to be a co-symposium with Joe Lieberman, uh, Jeff Sessions, Adrian Woolridge, and it's moderated by uh, Mort Kondracki. Well, so it'll I, be fun. Uh, that's incredible. Those guys should be proud to be on the same panel with you, Ken. But are you going to well, be oh, able thanks, to re- <laughs> are you going to be able to regain your humility by the time you get back to the Bay Area? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I- I'll be all right. You know. So, so what's our topic today? Enough about me. Enough what, what, about what are we you. talking about today? We're talking about genetic determinism, the role that the genes play in determining who we are and what we are and what we're all about. Well, that sounds like a cool thing. I mean, you say genetic determinism. I learned when I was way back in high school biology, there's a genotype and a phenotype. I know you like distinctions. Help me with that distinction first. Well, that's an important one. Your genotype, that's what you get from your parents. That's what comes in the form of DNA, and that determines what your genes do and what your genes are like, and that's fixed. And doesn't change. No matter how much education you have, I suppose surgery or something like that might change it, but no matter how much education you have, no matter how cultured you get, like in your case, no matter how many trips you make to Washington, your, your genes don't change. The phenotype, that's what you're like on the outside. You know, two arms, two legs, one head. Last time I looked at you, that seemed about right. Uh, the color of your skin, uh, the color of your hair. The phenotype and uh, how intelligent you are, all those things. So the question put in those terms is, to what extent does the genotype determine the phenotype? And I, I guess if you're a genetic determinist, you think, well, the genotype strictly, directly, inviolably determines the phenotype somehow. I mean, you know, and, and if you're not a genetic determinist, I guess you think, well, the environment plays an important role. So you could, I, I suppose you could be an environment determinist so that the environment did all the work, or you could be a genetic determinist so that the gen- genetics did all the work. And those seem like extreme views to me, both of them. Yeah, those are two extreme views. Uh, the, the, the more interesting views, of course, are the, are the ones in between. Now, you could, be of, you could have a view that the genes do a lot and the environment is kind of like an amplifier. It's like the, the tune of the music is fixed, but you can turn it up or turn it down. So maybe you've got your intelligence gene. And if you're raised in Sandusky, Ohio, like you were, you end up fairly intelligent. If you have the same gene and you're raised in the wonderful city of Lincoln, Nebraska, like I was, you just turn into a regular genius. So that would be an intermediate position, but it's still pretty much on the genetic determinism side. Yeah, you know, the interesting thing to me about this is that people talk about genes for this and genes for that all the time, willy-nilly. I mean, there's a genius gene, supposedly, a gay gene, a gene that, genes that will make you more prone to criminal behavior. It seems to me that if you start thinking of genes for this and genes for that, then you're, it's, it's a pretty small step, at least in the popular imagination, to genetic determinism. Because what would it mean for there to be a gene for this or that if, if uh, you know, the genes didn't have this major role in making you this or that? 
Well, I think that's the way the dialectic goes. Few people say, I'm a genetic determinist, but a lot of people talk about genes for this and genes for that in a way that implicitly relies on some form of genetic determinism that may or may not be plausible. Now, luckily, we have with us, with me in the studio today, John Dupre. John Dupre is professor of philosophy of science and director of the Center for Genomics and Society at the University of Exeter in England. Uh, He's the author of Human Nature and the Limits of Science and Darwin's Legacy. John, welcome to Philosophy Talk. Hi, John. To hear the rest of this program, head to philosophytalk.org. Thank you for listening. And thank you for thinking.